Oh, wait. One more thing before we get to the podcast. In this podcast, The Crypto Bully, any co-host and his guests do not give financial or investment advice and encourage you to do your own research on all topics mentioned. Do not invest into this market what you can't afford to lose. I bet I know what you're thinking. Is this really Morgan Freeman? Well, unfortunately not. But Lyndon thought it would be a good idea to use such a soothing voice for the legal mumbo-jumbo to smooth things over. Now, let's do it. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Play ball! the bullpen podcast number nine the crypto bully wow <laughs> he makes it look so easy and that ball has left the stadium hey what's up everybody and i want to welcome everybody to episode seven of the bullpen podcast powered by ecc now i'm your host the crypto bully also known as Mr. Crypto Carlton. And here on this podcast, I like to get into the bullpen with some of the most interesting and influential individuals in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space to pick their brains about their opinions and see what they have going on. So for today episode, we have a really cool individual. Um, this guy is really awesome. He actually worked with Team McAfee to help put together the awesome very awesome currency independence document. Um, this guy is, is very well known and is also very well versed when it comes to cryptocurrency and blockchain. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest for today, Mr. Blake Miles. How you doing today, man? Good. How are you? Good, good, man. Can't complain. Um, I just want to say thanks, man. I appreciate you taking the time to come through to the show today and, uh, you know, really kind of go back and forth with us, man, and, and let people know who you are and give them a feel uh, for everything that you that you uh, contributed to the space, man. My pleasure. I, had, I always have fun with these. Ah, thanks, man. Yeah, highly, highly appreciate that, man. So let's do this, man. For the people who may not be as familiar with you, um, why don't you go ahead and give them a little background and, and a little light into um, your history and exactly what got you involved into the blockchain and cryptocurrency space? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, uh, probably important, like back uh, the right after I got out of high school, I joined the Army and uh, went into Special Forces and... Uh, so my background is unconventional warfare. That's that's where that's where my brain was developed. I guess that's that's where I went to college. Yeah, my uh, the JFK uh, Special Warfare Center. That was my my college. So uh, that's where my thinking came through. Came from getting into crypto was uh, I first found it just tinkering around and learning. Uh, I think. I think watching Mr. Robot got me interested in Linux. So I, I taught myself Linux. And then um, so I think I stumbled on Twitter on a, on a hashtag or a hash for a, an address, <laughs> a Bitcoin address. So I was like, what the hell is this thing? And so I, that, that was like the start of the rabbit hole. And then once I discovered what it was and how it worked, and then I discovered like how, um, 
how the dark web worked. Like I, I never understood any of that stuff. So once I figured out what it was and what was going on and the, you know, the, how the machinery was working in the background, um, I, my thinking was quickly that like this, this has every indication of being as transformational as the internet was. Yep. And I mean, most, most people end up seeing that. And if, if you're passionate in the space, I think everyone says that, but I think everyone, everyone has to come to that conclusion in their own little way. And, um, I think for me, that unconventional warfare background mixed with, uh, how the technology works and what can be done with it got my interest the most. So, um, I, my first, I guess, public foray into the blockchain space was an article I wrote back in early 2016 for uh, Bitcoin magazine. Um, and that was about the, uh, that was about the time on Reddit people that were in, in the Reddit channel started getting spam about, uh, buying Ethereum. Mm-hmm. And that was when Ethereum was right around a dollar. Um, and, you know, it caused an uproar in Reddit. But what I noticed was there seemed to be a lot of, uh, <laughs> I, I just felt like like angry whenever I went to Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like I, I go to Reddit and I start reading. I'm like, hmm, I feel angrier than when I went here in the first place. I wonder right. why. I just start. <laughs> it didn't make sense why I was getting pissed off all the time, just going to Reddit. But the more <laughs> I started thinking about it is it, what I, what I looked at just looked like a, a, uh, social engineering prop or propaganda, uh, strategy being played out, being, yep. being unfolded. And so the article I wrote for Bitcoin magazine was, uh, basically if, well, I didn't, I didn't title it. The, the editors always get the titles and they, they make the titles that they want. The title nice. of it was, I'm a, I'm a former Green Beret and here's how I would take down Bitcoin. Nice. I, I, just, I just wanted to analyze you know, the, the social engineering stuff, but it, it was a better title and I think it probably got more attention. So right. um, it, it basically what, uh, what I was looking at was just like, you know, there's, there seems to be this uh, PSYOPs campaign going on to fracture and divide the cryptocurrency space and right. get get away from the the fundamental ideas that generally draw people together in this space you know the, the privacy the access to capital you know all, all these other aspects that intrigue people and erase those erase those from people's memory and put at the forefront you know um it, which one's the scam coin or just anything that makes more makes people more tribal. So right. dropping in that tribal mindset and dividing and conquering uh, is what I noticed and what I, the argument I made was that it's, this is going on, whether it's a state actor or a non-state actor. Uh-huh. I don't, I would venture to guess at this point with, with some certainty like 99.99% certainty that there's <laughs> there are state actors involved in this space that are doing all manner of things, good and bad. Um, and then, you know, you're going to have major non-state actors with a shit ton of capital that are, are pushing markets around and doing, doing things behind the scenes that we'll probably never know about. But, um, right. So that, I, I kind of rambled for I don't know how many the past minutes, but the, the, that, that's my that's my background in the space, I guess. And then, uh, you know, the my most recent 
venture, I guess, uh, is this declaration of currency independence. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, I, so, uh, th- yeah, that's, that's where I'm at now. That's, that's me up to speed. Nice. Not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Highly appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. Uh, the, the background and stuff like that, man. Yeah. It's pretty impressive, man. Your, your background as a green beret. That's pretty awesome. How you got into the space. Um, I could a hundred percent agree with you on a Reddit situation. I mean, Reddit could definitely be a, a frustrating place. <laughs> uh, when you go in there and you see a bunch of propaganda and a bunch of bullshit. I mean, it kind of, I guess comes with the territory of anything that's a talk forum or social media, anything like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, it's almost feel like you feel like, uh, it's, it, it's almost getting to like a conspiracy level. Like, uh, oh yeah, I feel like there's like this group of people who's just trying to go come out here and just put out the worst fucking information possible yeah, about yeah. cryptocurrency. Like, are you trying to sabotage well, this? So, and and I guess this kind of gets into how my my paradigm of thinking when I'm absorbing news. Like, I don't even really go on Reddit anymore. Honestly, yeah. my my main source of all news is bouncing back and forth between Twitter and. Uh, probably 4chan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 4chan tends to be quick on the uh, on the hop with a lot of things, and um, it's funny as hell. So I like yeah. that. But like, like when I read through things, my my instinctual reaction is that person's a bot, and then <laughs> I, then I then I go from there. I'm like, well, maybe they're not a bot, and I break it down. I look for I look for evidence. Like everything I'm reading has I have to be proven that it's not a bot. It's it's like Blade Runner. Uh, but for reading online, you gotta, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta find out. So it, like when I go through and it, my assumption is, is that pretty much everything I'm reading is, is constructed and uh, written specifically to generate an emotion out of me. Yeah. It, it reels that emotion back in and it makes it uh, less, less frustrating, I guess. And it, you know, it gives you that, that better view on it. So, I think I think for it's it's helped me a lot just changing how I view all media and just assuming that everything is written as propaganda. So I yeah. I don't uh, I don't dive dive too deeply into what I'm reading. Yeah, you know what, and that's that's a good point. Um, there's there's a lot of people who take what they see on all of these social media websites and media websites, and they take it as truth without even doing research. Yeah. And I try to tell people like. You can't do that. That's just as bad as watching TV. I mean, that's, that's, you know, like, yeah, it's just, I mean, you're just going to want to turn on CNBC and just believe everything you hear. Like, come on, you know, the world we live in, obviously, there's definitely propaganda. That's real. It exists. So it's like on yeah. anything you hear, you should automatically basically damn near assume it's a lie until you go and fact check <laughs> and try to figure yeah. out if it's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're seeing it on TV and there's a, uh, they're in a paid studio. Yeah. Do do your double check. Do your due diligence. See where that money comes from to pay those bills. Exactly. Yep. And that's that's what I always do. It's like it's funny the shit that you find out when you go behind (laughs) the scenes and you start to look at what's going on, and you're just like, ah, okay. You you have uh this news reporter who's sitting here talking about you know this particular bank. Wait a minute. Did this bank just? pay them are they endorsed by this like what the fuck what's going on like hold on what's weird and it it is crazy like that man and and i kind of do do the same thing i use a combination of different news sources on on top of twitter and i just kind of filter you have to filter through and see like okay what what of this sounds believable what doesn't what am i just not gonna fucking look at at all and you know try to kind of figure it out and that's the part that i see a lot of people struggle with they'll take some shit that's on twitter from a random person um that they don't even do due diligence on that person and they'll be like oh Check this out. Look at look at this. This is what happened today. And I'm like, 
No, that's that's not real. That's de- <laughs> definitely, yeah. Coinbase is definitely still operating. Didn't close. Uh, Bitcoin is not dead. We can definitely still trade it. Like it's yeah, it's funny, man. I, I agree. So I what I, what I picture is like there's just like this this secret fucking room in the middle of the ground with a bunch of high ranking government officials and bankers that's just typing away uh, bullshit on Reddit. Like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and fuck this up. <laughs> That's gonna, that's gonna, just down there trolling. That's gonna piss them I, off. Yeah, that is gonna, yeah, that's gonna piss them off. But uh, I didn't say that. Just kidding. Uh, love you, bankers and government officials. No, no, <laughs> no but uh, no. But seriously, it's like you really start to think that because it's like you see so much of the same shit over and over again. Well, and it's, it's in. I think uh, so. An, another interesting component about my background that's shaped how I think about this is. Um, uh, I did Intel work for my team over in Iraq. Uh-huh. So a lot of that was just um, Intel analysis. Of, so you sort all this fire hose. You're drinking water from a fire hose and you're, you're taking out the things that are valuable and piecing them together into, into a larger puzzle. And, right. You know, you're, you're doing all these different things. And until you have that um, the inner lock of evidence where like, all right, this is – this is no longer 50% possible or credible. This is closer to 95 and 99% credible. Then, then you can start making better, uh, better decisions and planning out better strategies. And, uh, I think a lot of people just until, until they're faced with the fact that, that, uh, the media is actively deceiving them generally. Yeah. Until, until they accept that and, and incorporate that into their thinking they're, they're just there's too much other stuff going on it's i mean hell i'm you know i got kids i'm married i'm, right. I'm living in this i'm living the suburban life like uh the burbs which yeah. i need to watch <laughs> that movie again but um yeah it's, it's it's busy man there's just you know time time is the uh the one resource you can't make more of and get back i guess yeah no joke yeah you're right about it's, that it's, it's easier just to say yeah i, I don't know I'm just going to, I'm going to turn, turn my brain off and read Facebook for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No joke, bro. Yeah. Time is definitely, uh, is valuable in other essence, man. That's why I tell people, um, yeah, this cryptocurrency space, especially if you're really involved, dude, you can get sucked in really, really fast. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. really fast. I remember when I first got in, there were times where I literally was not sleeping. Like I was just <laughs> up reading articles, reading white papers, <laughs> like reading anything that I could in relation to crypto. And I just kind of like stood back one day and I'm like, this shit can't be healthy. Like I'm pretty <laughs> sure I need to sleep and eat like regular people or I might end up having some problems with my life a little later. So I was just like, man, but it, I mean, it is like you said, when you're that passionate about it and you realize the potential of what we're involved in is just like, feed me, feed me as much yeah, fucking information yeah. as possible. So it's like, you, you almost kind of have to stand back and remember like, okay, yeah, maybe I should, yeah, maybe I should go spend some time with my, <laughs> my wife and my kids and stuff. Like that's kind of important too. On. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just sitting there. fucking. Well, have you have you heard um, Andreas Antonopoulos talk about that? Or yeah, the first time? he yep. talks about the fugue state. Yep. I think I think anybody who anybody whose mind is fertile enough to to really take in this concept once once they're <laughs> once they're given the proper amount of uh, seed and watering. Yep. You know, it's like. If your brain can pick up on it right now, then you are going to be able to see, you know, five, ten years into the future. 
yep. and have, have a much, much better understanding of what's coming down the road uh, than, you know, 95, 90% of the rest of the population right now. Exactly. Yeah. You're talking about going against the herd. That is true. It's a, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. It's like you, you basically, you take that, you take that, uh, that red pill and the world opens up. And yeah. Like, oh, shit. Well, and it, it, there has, it has to be like a, um, it's an exponential increase in, yeah. uh, the realm of possibilities. And I think, yeah. I think that's what interests me the most because it, it can touch so many different things that it opens, it opens up so much new space that, uh, but but getting getting there to the belief that that's possible requires a shit ton of effort. Yeah, I yep. mean you got to you got like <laughs> the amount of problem solving I had to go through in my head to reach the conclusion that it's there are the biggest risk is shutting down the internet. Yeah, that's that's the that's the systemic risk that this entire you know ecosystem faces. Yep. That's a, that's a, that's an easy bet to get behind. Yeah. Know. Yeah, I'll that's that. Yeah, that's real. It is. It, it yeah. that really is real. I mean, like you said, this is this is opening up uh the uh, a realm of possibility that wasn't really there before financially um and technologically and it is. It it can, it's, it can be a threat to the the powers that be. And I mean, that's see, and that is why I love that document. That's why I love the Declaration of Currency Independence so much is because I feel that that perfectly outlines exactly what the future can hold when we talk about blockchain and cryptocurrency. Like that really is real. I mean, you talk about you're talking about independence on a level that has almost never been granted to anybody in if ever honestly you know what i'm saying if not yeah. ever you know hundreds and hundreds of years so you know that that document i feel like perfectly outlines for a person exactly what they're getting into the first time they read it and it is it's like a complete eye opener you're just like like when i read it i was just like this this is beautiful <laughs> like this is i would have i would have print this out and put this on my wall and share this with as many people as i can cuz it does it makes so much sense man yeah, it, it right writing it was you know, and obviously it wasn't just me. There's a there's a team of uh, guys, probably about five of us, that uh, put some effort into the writing that. But it, I drew a lot of inspiration from the original Declaration of Independence, uh-huh. and my thinking was. Well, so I guess I'll, I'll go into the background of where where it came from because it'll kind of. It, it has bearing on uh, you know the, the whole topic. So like um, right. I got in touch with uh, Josh Josh Buchanan, who's um, who's working with Team McAfee, and mm-hmm. uh, he is also a former Green Beret. So uh, anytime I bump into someone from uh, someone from the uh, Special Forces background who's in cryptocurrency, I get in contact with them immediately because there's very very few of us. Um, Nice. So we started talking and, uh, you know, he, he read that article I wrote in Bitcoin magazine and, um, you know, we got back in touch and he's like, Hey man, this is, uh, I think this is your, what you're talking about here is extremely important. And, you know, this is, this needs to be brought further. So I, they flew me down and, uh, I met with Josh and met with Mr. McAfee for, uh, for a few minutes and, um, in the conversation with, uh, John McAfee, uh, the the premise that planted the seed for all this is um, there. Ne- there needs to be a 
an unconventional nuclear bomb that goes off in the in the crypto space. And what what he meant by that in the context of the conversation was that there needs to be something that changes the changes the conversation dynamic. So get, getting away from the tribalism, the only focused on the price um, and ch- change the the trajectory of the conversation because right what what i don't know with the whole bitcoin cash and bitcoin and ethereum and you know it's all all this stuff going on it's like there's it's easy to forget the underlying value proposition and all this so yeah that was that was the seed that uh eventually sprouted into you know the declaration of currency independence after a good number of iterations and um, yeah. So, and I think your interpretation of it is, is awesome because it, it helps me understand like what, what things people see that you know, cause when we were going through the original writing of it, right. I, you know, I'm, I'm halfway rambling and getting some raw emotion, emotive thoughts on the paper, Yeah, you know, and then how that cleans up is, Point pointing out all the frustrations that I think people collectively feel with how the financial systems work and how there's a two tiered justice system and and what that creates and you know it's just change. Oh, I'm I think I'm rambling now, but yeah, the the, <laughs> the goal was getting your attention like that. That that's that's perfect. And I think the biggest thing right now for me is like like in Iran, for instance, in China. Um, we have them translated into Chinese and uh, Farsi getting, getting like dumping uh, copies of the declaration on the streets and, you know, areas that are facing economic turmoil or Venezuela is another good example. Yeah. Like getting, getting that in front of those people. It's just a fishing expedition. You know, some, some of the people that read that are going to say, well, damn, if, if they're not thinking it already, they're going to say, damn, this is, this is talking about uh, the problems that we have. And here's this potential escape hatch. What, what is, what is Bitcoin? How does it work? And how can I, how can I use it to make my life better? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely agree with you there, man. It, it's kind of nice because like you said, I feel like sometimes um, the conversation in crypto can get a little diluted in a sense of uh, people will take certain things, like you said, like the, the Bitcoin versus Bitcoin cash or Bitcoin versus Ethereum or Bitcoin versus altcoins or, you know, and I feel like um, like why that's why that that can be. It can be healthy if talked about correctly. Yeah. It's like we yeah. don't want we don't want to delve too deep into the whole competition thing, right? Because at the end of the day, the whole purpose of everything is cryptocurrency as a whole, blockchain as a whole, <laughs> and the goal that it's trying to accomplish, right? So it's like, all right, we don't want to get it to the point to where it's just so unhealthy to where when you hear those conversations, it completely starts to take away from the whole idea as a whole, or may you know uh, um, may end up slowing down the adoption of it because of those type of conversations. So. I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, it's it is it's nice when you have that document because I feel like that document really gives it a pullback and it, it kind of makes you think like, you know, like it, maybe it's not you know that's not that as important of a 
argument as people thought it was. Because I mean, in reality, there's enough room here for everybody. So you yeah, know, everybody yeah. can do what they need to do. They can put their effort in, and they can see like, okay, this works, this doesn't work. You know, that's what it's about. It's all about growth yeah. and development. So I feel like that document perfectly outlines that to say, hey, come in this space, do what you want to do, be competitive, but remember, this is why we're here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you, uh, you brought up a good point. The, um, it, (laughs) I don't know if you've ever spent uh, much time in like, uh, the troll box, like, uh, yeah, (laughs) I I remember I was on, I was on Poloniex troll box. Oh God. Yeah, dude. 2015. Like, I think, I think I first got in there in December. So 2015. Yeah. uh, when Ethereum went from like a dollar to three dollars or something like that, and yeah. man, what over time my my conclusion that I came to after watching all these behaviors play out in there because it's it's like looking at a petri dish really. No um, joke, yeah. It's not fun to play in, but like it's 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 arguing about team sports a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and it's some my my bigger picture view on it is like. I see Bitcoin as like a, like a carrier, like a battleship yep. and, or not, not a battleship, but an actual carrier. Like remember in uh, I don't know if you know, Starcraft, but the, yeah. the, the Protoss, I think it's the Protoss ships that have the swarms that fly around them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're yeah, talking right, about. So Bitcoin's the main ship and all the altcoins are these swarm ships. And you know, if they're it, the, the bat, the Bitcoin protects the alts, and the alts protect Bitcoin. Yep. it's it's a it's a two way relationship. It's a they're they're protecting each other. But when we start arguing about you know uh, arguing about which one's better for you know from a sports team sense and ignoring the the, the solutions the potential problems that they solve, that's where that's where it gets into you know, arguing about which team is better versus, you know, Hey, we're or, to go along the baseball analogy. Hey, let's just, we're, we're talking about the game of baseball and exactly. how to make it better. Yep. I agree. Yep. I definitely agree. Yeah, man. That's, that's a really good point. That's actually a really good analogy. Yeah, man. Everything is around to kind of uh, feed each other and hopefully, like I said, contribute back to the whole idea of cryptocurrency and blockchain to begin with. So yeah, I feel like it, that's, that's what, that should be the underlying meaning of, of what people hear when they come into the space, you know, things like that. So that's what we need. We need to get a plane. We need to print off like a couple million copies of the, <laughs> the Declaration of Currency like Independence and just dump it. It's like just. I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> just I think, dump it. Yeah. Put them, put them on drones. Exactly, there you go. Yep. Exactly. Put them on drones and just well, throw so, them everywhere. And, and actually, that this, so this is this is part of the uh, some of the original strategic planning for um, currency independence was like. Uh, and we've done this with um, one of the one of the group participants, early group participants that is in India. Uh-huh. Um, and India's got a lot of the same problems that like Venezuela has. Well, you know they're shut they're shutting down cash basically. Right. Yep. Cashes. So you know he's he's providing feedback from what the ground situation is over there, and that's that's interesting by itself. But. Um, you know, one thing I told him is like, "Hey, get get me uh, let let me know what you can do with X amount of Bitcoin." Right. And because if there's an event, he said there's an event coming up, like some sort of a meetup. 
like, hey, see what you can, how many of these uh, uh, declarations in, you know, Hindi or whatever other language you, you're going to see over there, how many can you print out? How many can you distribute? Right. Like, I think that's one of the more interesting things about uh, uh, Bitcoin for me and, you know, other cryptocurrencies that you can, you can operationalize in all over the world seamlessly and not have to worry about transferring one, one dollar into one rupee or whatever other currency you're transferring into. And you can make, you can make things happen like in Venezuela or Iran or China. Just yeah. by put, putting assets on the table and saying, Hey, you, if you can prove that you're doing the task that I want you to do, then this, uh, this cryptocurrency is yours. Yeah, it is. It makes it it makes it so much easier. Like you think about, you know, people who need money from one end of the world to the next. Um, you think about people, people who are next to each other, who are just states apart and they need money. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you're talking about a system, like you said, that literally gives you an independence that people hadn't had before. I mean, you're talking about being able to send money within seconds for a fraction of the cost that it would take if you went through a bank. You know, and, you know, that it's the instantly part that makes it so amazing because now, you know, when you send money from, you know, from USA to Europe or, you know, from the US to Africa or back in, you know, to any from one country to another, it's fucking expensive and it takes forever. You know, that's the thing, you know, when you have people who don't have um, necessarily a large income or a good financial standing, right? For them, that that could be daunting, completely daunting, because it may end up costing a lot of the money they're trying to send to even get it to where it needs to go. So it's like when you introduce something like cryptocurrency and blockchain, that completely revolutionizes that process and gives a, a sense of independence and a freedom to people that they necessarily didn't have before. I mean, you talk about the 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 large percentage of people in the world that don't have access to banking and now you have crypto and you don't you don't have these crazy super ridiculous stipulations as to you know what you have to have in order to apply to have an account and you can just send money back and forth like that to me that's beautiful that's that's amazing you know that's that's what it's all about so um i do agree man I do agree with that. The fact that that that's a, a a really awesome aspect of it, and it is a beautiful thing, man. Like, do you think that they'll like? Do you think the government and the the banking system? Do you think they'll just end up playing with this? You think they'll just have to like realize like, okay, like maybe it's not that good of an idea to try to fuck up the internet and shut it down. Maybe we should actually <laughs> join this and not cause like this ridiculous war that could end up ensuing um or you know like do you think that they'll they'll kind of take that mindset or do you think there really will become a time where they really try to threaten threaten everybody to say look either you put this shit down and you start using fiat again or we're gonna shut this shit down (laughs) well i think it i think it's already already starting where uh, governments are gonna reach they're going to reach that tipping point where they're going to have to decide, all right, well, you know, X amount of our population are using cryptocurrencies that we can't control and we don't have any real visibility on. So we need to either crack down on this completely. Right. Or we need to embrace it. Yeah. And and so, and then, you know, the bureaucrats 
then they're like, all right, well, how are we going to do both? Which one is going to be more, uh, which, which one is going to help me during the next election or yeah. <laughs> who, is, who is paying me and what are they telling me that I can and can't do right. like Brad Sherman right now? I'm sure, I'm sure he's having meetings pretty regularly with whoever his handlers are and they're yeah. telling him, Hey, you know, make sure you get in the SEC's ear and tell them that we don't want this ETF right now. Uh, yeah. so be, oh, be yeah. as crazy, be as crazy as you can, uh, and technically illiterate as you possibly can for these next hearings. And, um, and we'll, we'll keep paying your, uh, election bills. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Those are know, kind of, yep. Yeah. Those and are. so like, and you just play that out exponentially in every country across the globe. There's Brad representative, Brad Sherman's from California all over the globe. Yep. Uh, who get who get paid by the right people and tell them that hey keep keep the doors shut for our competitors and keep them out and we'll keep paying your tab. So yep. Um, yep. I the way I see it is it's going to play out like the internet did where yeah there, there's there's going to be that tipping point where governments have to fall in line because it's it's like it's it's the tide or it's the you know it's the the river is already flowing and uh, trying to stem stem the the, f- the flow of it is just going to wear you out and you're going to get washed away eventually. Yeah. So, yep, I totally and, agree. <laughs> and the, but the so the reason the reason and I think I'll, here's the conflict a lot of no coiners and bitcoiners get into is uh-huh. you know the the no coiner mindset is why. Why would I do, why would I use that when I have a visa? Why would I use that when I have my MasterCard? That makes no sense to me. The system already works. This is just magic internet money that's not backed by anything. Yeah. But but what those people fail to recognize is what everyone in the space already recognizes that it's not the same. Like, Like you were talking about, sending money from this this spot to this country to that country is expensive and cumbersome and, and potentially daunting. And, you know, most people don't have access to something that they could consider a bank. And those people, those people don't have that, but when they have access to something that looks like a bank, acts like a bank and protects like a bank to a a great extent, then they're going to flock to it. And when they do that, there's going to be capital outflows and all these smaller cap currencies around the globe. Uh, I think there's going to be, <laughs> have you ever played that game? Uh, Agar, A-G-A-R dot I-O. Ever seen that game? Oh, I haven't seen. Oh, you know what? Actually, I think I have. Yeah. I think I have like, one time. like a little ball and you, you go around picking up smaller balls and you're yes. playing against other people. All right. So that's, that's how I see like the market caps, like the, Bitcoin right now is like a very small ball <laughs> compared compared to all the other market caps around the globe, and it's just kind of getting jostled around and avoiding avoiding getting gobbled up by the bigger ones. But yep. all these as as it gets bigger and grows in strength and, um, and adoption, you know, it's going to start gobbling up all of these like Venezuela. It's one of the smaller ones that's dying out. It's it's going to eventually pop and. Right. So something's going to gobble up that market cap, the remnants of that market cap. And I think there's going to be there's going to be smaller markets that get gobbled up by by Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies because the governments were not quick enough or not intelligent enough to get out of the way in time and um, uh, put in put policies in place that 
benefit both the people and the government as opposed to trying to strangle uh, yep. the adoption and all, all that ends up doing is hurting the government. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, so maybe that's a good thing. Maybe the government needs to starve sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No joke. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. They need a, they need a, a, a grace period <laughs> to realize <laughs> what's going on. It's like, Hey, we know you're the government and you exist, but you kind of need us, you know, you yeah, kind of yeah. have to have people to govern. You know, <laughs> otherwise government wouldn't exist. So. <laughs> government would be perfect if we just kill everyone. Right. <laughs> no joke. Yeah. That's that's literally how it feels sometimes. It's like, you think that? <laughs> we could just get rid of all these damn people. We could have perfect government. <laughs> no joke. Oh, the irony in that. That's hilarious, man. And that's why I say I, I can't wait until I stop hearing that because people like, like stop hearing the fact when people say like, you know, why would I use... Why would I use Bitcoin when I have the U.S. dollar? Like all I hear is, "Why would I be free when I can be a slave?" Like, what? <laughs> like what are you, what are you talking about? Like, and it is, it's like what you say, right? When you present it to them in the same way as a bank account, it's like, here, take this quote unquote bank account and use this, you know. And it's just like, you know, it's like giving, handing people freedom without even telling them, you know. And yeah. it is, it's crazy how the mind is processes it in that way in a lot of people and it is they just look for a similarity without even thinking about the hmm. underpinning of what it is they're really doing they're just looking for like behavior so if you create something that mimics the same thing they use now even though it gives them a total different level of independence it's like they don't even they don't even see that part but i mean at the end of the day right if cryptocurrency can do that whether people know or not i consider that a win because the the most important thing about it is I feel like it gives people options. You know, you don't, you can choose what you want to do. Do you want to use this system or do you want to use that system? You know, and I feel like that's the, that's the awesome part about it. That's the part that can really transform this whole world from a financial standpoint and from a technical standpoint, because options, you know, when you have options like that, um, the type of things that can end up coming from that, the type of innovations that can end up coming from that, I'm sure are going to be ridiculous. I mean, you think about the internet when it first got started to where it is right now. You know, there was times back then when the internet came about where people would, you know, oh, this isn't going to be around. This isn't going <laughs> to, this is going to die. The internet's going to die. Imagine a world without the internet today. People, people probably would die. Like, this, what am I, you oh, know, yeah. what am I going to do yeah, without? If you, if you took the internet away right now. Yeah. There'd be there pe- people would starve from lack of knowing how to cook. Yeah, <laughs> no, yo, that is no joke. There would be an all time high for mental <laughs> institutions all over the world. People would not know how to cope. Like the the the, the therapist field would just start booming. <laughs> like that, it, that. Yeah, that would that would be well. <laughs> part 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 of me thinks about like uh, you know. Because I, I grew up, I grew up. How old are you? Me, I'm I'm thirty. Thirty. Okay, so you're only you're only three years younger than me. So mm-hmm. like I, the first the first reason I used the internet. Well, yeah, well, I'll back up. The first time I used the internet was playing uh, Duke Nukem. Um, oh, nice. But like the side scroller that you downloaded from CompuServe. Oh God! It was se- it was like seven hundred and sixty eight kilobytes, and I think it took. It, me and my uncle, it took like all afternoon yep. to download. And, uh, but then like the first reason I wanted to use the internet for real things, like information was uh, cheat codes for a game called Descent. Yes. Back when I was uh, in like fifth, sixth grade or something like that. Yeah. So like, 
yeah, like right now, for instance, we're uh, having a live conversation over over the internet, you know, and yep. <laughs> c- compare that to what the internet was originally used for, and you know, I, I think there's going to be that same exponential growth curve of uh, of potential and what things that could be. Yep. And and what, what so what you were talking about with um, like the paradigm shift and the free the freedom. Right. Uh, that's very good points. You got me, got me thinking about something. So <laughs> I think one of the best metrics that could be used to test adoption. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, I'm trying to word this properly. The, one of the best metrics that you just got me thinking about would be, have you ever made an unassisted transaction over any blockchain protocol? That's that actually is a good metric. Cause yep. I remember the first Bitcoin transaction I made. I remember sweating a little bit on the inside. <laughs> He's like, "Oh shit!" Because it's because it's totally it's totally new, dude. It's yeah. like the first time you're you know you're 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 tight 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 rope walking in right. between two buildings, mm-hmm. and you don't got a you don't got a, a safety net on anymore, right? You know, you do all these other transactions with your bank. You're like, ah, you know, someone stole my money. Well, hey, bank, give me my money back. All right, here, here's your like there's there's none of that anymore because yep. it's, it's on you 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 are responsible yep. and i think that it, it it makes me think that that's by design like the the safety system is by design yeah to keep people dependent well i i don't know i'm i'm that's that's more of like a uh, a, a rambling sense but i think it it grew into that where you know the uh keeping people locked into a um, the money system of their country is it started off by necessity and keeping and maintaining security, but it, it eventually becomes a control mechanism that you can use to, you know, yank people around on the chain with. But yes, yeah. once, once they get that taste of, oh, I can handle this. I can do this by myself. Now, you know, now I'm, you know, I, I make it rain with the Satoshis all day long uh, over transactions that don't bother me at all. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once, once you once you make enough mistakes and screw up, then then you're you you don't feel that fear anymore. But you're also it changes your thinking about how uh, what's possible, what you can personally do with your finances and your uh, your assets. Yep. I agree. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's why I tell people like my, my thing is anything that I do, I'm in the business of creating services to give people tools to do it themselves. You know, I mean, of course, right. I could always take stuff and I could do it for them, but you know, I don't feel like that's really as empowering. And I feel like there's a lot more of a takeaway from giving a person the ability to be able to do it for themselves. And to me, that's what I always do. I mean, that's literally the reason why I created this podcast is that I wanted to create something that was good dialogue for anybody to listen to and to be able to just pull away from. Um, I want it to be, I want it to be thought provoking. I want it to be entertaining. I want people to be interested. You know, I want people to hear, hear these, uh, these interviews and then say like, yo, I want to actually go look into this. You know, this sounds really dope. Let me go, let me go and look up this uh, declaration of currency independence and learn more about that. And that metric that you talk about, I feel like that that's, that is a really good metric because it is true. It's like when you have that and like you said, the first time 
I did a Bitcoin transaction. For me, it was huge, right? Because the biggest thing for me was this whole public key thing, this ridiculously long code <laughs> that yeah. I know I can copy and paste and it gets every character. But if for somehow, <laughs> shape or form, I accidentally hit the fucking backspace button and one of those characters gets deleted, I'm fucked. Like there's no, I can't fix that. Like it's going, it's in, it's in, it's in Bitcoin uh uh space and <laughs> it's like i don't i don't know yeah, about black black box never never to be seen again probably exactly yeah it's just in its black hole that nobody could ever get to again so i literally checked that that public key no joke probably at least 10 or 15 times even though i copied and pasted <laughs> it and while i'm still sweating and i'm just like okay enter send oh fuck i hope it goes to the wallet <laughs> like <laughs> like i hope this does the right thing so it is yeah when you get to that point to where you feel comfortable doing transactions um, or when you make that first unassisted transaction to where you you do it completely yourself, I feel like that will be a really good measure. And I feel like we're headed there. You know, when yeah. we get to a place to where you don't even have to think about that public key thing anymore in a sense yeah. of, you know, you take something like an address name service and, you know, you can type a username associated with a public key and then you can send your money over. So, you you know, you don't accidentally fuck stuff up. <laughs> so, yeah. Some people don't yeah. have to worry about losing money. I think, yeah, that's that's the stuff that's going to drive mass adoption. And I do. I think it's going to get there. I think it's going to come there because uh, yeah absolutely yeah, and yeah. actually uh if uh if you look at samurai wallet um yeah i just i got that on uh so i you normally carry around an iphone but i i got an android so i can have like a, a another one to play around with at the office and uh right they have pay nim i think is the name of it uh-huh and it's uh it's it's exactly what you're talking about it um it uses your private key yeah your uh your main your well your main seed key right right i i don't know the 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 technical functions in the background on this so i haven't looked at it but basically what it does is it generates a a uh an address that masks over your your hd the hd part of your wallet that, right so all the new addresses that get generated still get funneled uh from the uh your whatever your pay name address is yeah yes yeah, it's, it's dope bro um uh, the first time i actually heard about samurai wallet was actually from andres antonopoulos and yeah, he was so talking about it as he was talking i think he was having a conversation on ways to make sure that you're secure in this space when you're doing transactions and yeah. um he was talking about samurai wallet so i went on the website and checked it out and i was like yo this shit is dope <laughs> like you talk about a uh, a whole nother level of protection and security and that functionality it does it it protects a user from accidentally fucking themselves up <laughs> and then at the same yeah. time it protects you from being fucked up by other people so i really yeah. i love that about that when we have more technology and more services and things that come out like that that really is a uh you know covers both ends of the situation to where it makes it easier for the end user to send transactions and receive transactions and for all of it to be secure that's when you're gonna have you're gonna start hearing less of that why would i use crypto you know <laughs> uh, the, yeah. that talk and then you'll you know you start to hear those awesome success stories of people who literally lives were able to change because they were able to use cryptocurrency in the world to where, you know, the current system they were using to exchange fiat um, wasn't efficient for them or wasn't able to get it done. So that's, those, you know, those would be very good stories to tell. That's, yep. a, that's a damn good point. And yep. that's, there's, yeah, there's lots of things that uh, hoping we can accomplish with this uh, declaration of currency independence project. One of, one of them is that, 
getting bri bridging the uh, language gaps that exist, especially the east west one. Like yep. if we can if we can bridge that east west gap and uh, have you know the English crypto universe reading the thoughts of the uh, Asian crypto universe and vice versa. Right. I think I think that's gonna um, that's gonna accelerate the the mind share process that goes on. People start, you know, thinking along the same lines and creating along the same lines. And yeah, they, but get, getting those stories about people that, you know, you know, they're facing economic ruin with the policies that their government put in place, but right. you know, Bitcoin gave them that escape hatch. And you know, I think those, those are going to be stories that get people's attention too, especially if, you know, these smaller currency uh, smaller cap currency countries start getting gobbled up or yep. start falling down because of the, you know, endless printing that's been going on for however long. Right. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. I can't wait until like another 10 years go by and we do, we <laughs> see those, we see those stories come out to where how, like I want to see a story to where a whole country is just completely transformed because they utilize blockchain and cryptocurrency to yeah. replace the old system that they had, and you see them completely thriving off of that. You know, I to think, that, yeah. I think I think Malta is probably going to be one of those countries that comes on the comes out of the end of this as yep. one of the big winners from getting in so early. Like I think I could see, like Luxembourg is a good example. Like they're. A, they're an old world economic powerhouse because they have so much capital right. concentrated in that one, in that one tiny spot. I think yep. Malta could end up doing the same thing, but with cryptocurrencies and I would, I would make a far bigger bet on cryptocurrencies 200 years from now than, you know, gold 200 years from now. Like, and this is something else I've thought about, you know, if, uh, Here's there'll be some theoretical stuff. What my limited knowledge of quantum uh, computing, but you know, nice. if you get if you get quantum entangled nodes, mm -hmm. then you can bring one node over to Mars, for instance, or say on an asteroid, uh -huh. and it, you know you can you can send uh, cryptocurrency transactions back and forth over these quantum nodes since it's just you know a text string. Yeah, uh, you can send that provi provided you know that. You know, wherever quantum computing technology is actually at right now, I think that's possible. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude, like I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have inter interstellar transactions, uh, provided all goes well with humanity. Uh, you know, you be sending transactions across vast distances, and you know, there's if there's only one Bitcoin with 21 million uh, coins, and you know, 40 billion humans on numerous planets scattered all over the place and you know finding more uh, asteroids full of gold <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's gonna it's gonna change the dynamics of what uh, what owning one bitcoin actually means yeah i agree yeah yeah, yeah without a doubt and, and it's funny that you say that right because it's, it's i feel like in crypto right now it's, it's this weird it's this weird thing right when you hear about ai I feel like you hear about AI being utilized in a great way and how it can help crypto. You you do have stories to where, you know, certain people worry about it going against crypto. But it's mm -hmm. like, more for the most part, when you hear about quantum computing, when you talk about crypto, you're like negative shit. You hear a bunch of... Oh. Yeah, I, I, think that, I think that stems from the fear of uh, having the hashing algorithm broken. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what I think about. I mean, my... 
that would be a very, very bad thing, but it would be very bad for every, every system, not just, uh, exactly. Yeah. Cause you know, if SHA hashing algorithms get broken by quantum computing, then you know, we got much bigger problems than just the cryptocurrency space. Exactly. Like, yeah. And I, I do agree with that. I, yeah, I actually wrote an uh, article talking about quantum computing in relation <laughs> to supercomputing. Um, as far as we're talking about breaking the, the 256-bit encryption that uh, yeah. Bitcoin uses and stuff. And that's yeah. why I said I, the, the, the thing that I love about it is that I honestly – I want quantum computing, quantum computing, and supercomputing to advance, right? But at the same time, I want crypto to advance with it. I don't yeah. want it to, to come yeah. to a point to where it's overshadowed, where crypto is overshadowed by quantum computing. Because then, like you said, right, you, you're not. It's not crypto itself that's at risk. If you get to that level to where uh, quantum computers are seamlessly breaking 256 bit encryptions, you know, but the thing is, is to think about is that more than likely how technology generally seems to work is that as quantum computing advances, so will crypto. So I'm sure the encryption with that will, you know, continue to advance because at the end of the day, you know, if, I mean, if it is able to get cracked then it's like, okay, well, what the, what, what, what was the point? from 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 my understanding if um the way the quantum entanglement would work is mm-hmm. if you've got two nodes or two things that are entangled with each other if there's a third party that tries to observe the information that's passed between the two then they'll both know instantly before the like it changes the uh the data transfer so exactly that that's the quantum encryption process. So like if quantum can be used to decrypt, it can also be used to encrypt. And I, I've read from a number of different places that, uh, you know, developers in the Bitcoin space are already, they're already working on the, the quantum angle. So if something does, if the the algorithm does get broken, that there's a, um, there's a fallback and, you know, you can drop in the, Right, the new hashing algorithm for quantum resistance or whatever, but yeah, it, I my guess my guess is that a state actor has already probably the United States has already hacked uh, hashing algorithms, but it's one of those things where if you have it, you can't let anyone know it because yeah, can't let it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the the Manhattan Project, but for uh, for hashing. Exactly. It's like, all right, cool. We cracked it. We we, we completely hacked it. Now don't fucking tell <laughs> anybody. <laughs> like what? Like and and it, and it is a good point. Like what you said, right? Because obviously, if you could take quantum computing and you can use it to crack the hashing algorithm, then you can actually use it to make it more secure too. At the same time, so yeah. it'd be like a war between quantum computers. Yeah, not sounding yep. too. Uh, to, well, uh, and yeah. actually, you got you got me thinking just now, uh, and I've thought about this in the past. Um, mm-hmm. Is the if you use a blockchain for uh, logistics, you can control the flow of, or I don't know, you might you could construct a way that you can control the flow of resources to to something. And, uh, like that, that might be, that might be the way you're talking about the AI problem. That might be the way, a way to avoid the, um, the Skynet problem. If, if you build your logistics train to where there has to be a, uh, a token exchanged and you can cut off the supply of tokens and you can therefore cut off the supply of resources so that you're not, uh, your AI overlord stops building, um, cyborg death units. 
Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Then that was starting to sound like Terminator. It's like, yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. You got to watch out for the cyborg death units. They'll exactly. come back in time and fucking kill your parents. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, wait till you start. Wait till we start hearing more of those, those kind of dude. You know what? I can't wait, dude. I cannot wait until I cut on the TV one day. The shit that I barely ever watch, and I start to see full conspiracy theory shows based solely around crypto. Like I that'll can't, be interesting. That'll that, be interesting. That's gonna be well, that's that's the, that like that's a sign of uh, cultural. Um, uh, what's the word? It's cultural development or cultural advancement where you have lore. There's like there's, yep. we already we already have the Satoshi lore, so that's that's one like great story builder. And then you can start building stories like the I think the Dow is going to be remembered in lore. Yeah, there's, there's going to be all <laughs> or uh, Dorian Nakamoto, him getting uh, reporters knocking on his door. Like these these are probably stories that they'll be telling you know a hundred years from now when the the last Bitcoin gets mined. Or is yep. it two hundred or one hundred? I don't know. He's a hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a while. I can't. Yeah, I'll, I'll be close to dead. Have you seen that? Have you seen that uh, that Interstellar meme where it says um, it's got when there? Have you ever seen the movie Interstellar? Yes, love that movie. There, there's a there's a crypto meme someone made. It's like um, when they're on that the water planet where time goes a lot faster. They're like. Every hour here is seven years back on Earth, and the the next frame it says, "Good, we can hodl here for a while." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see that. Yeah. That'd be, uh, that'd be nice. You just hey, I'm I'm gonna take a nap, and uh, I'll time travel into the future, and then I'll not have to worry about my portfolio anymore. Right. I'll be cool. Like <laughs> you have to use time travel to escape staring your fucking <laughs> block folio to check your <laughs> to check your uh, portfolio. I can't every sell if I'm if I'm frozen in time. Right. You're just like, all right, you know what? It's not practical to actually just not look at this shit and live life. I'm definitely going to go over here to this other universe real quick, and then I'll be right back. I'll pull, pull an Eric Cartman and uh, freeze myself so I can come, come back and so I can get my Nintendo Wii. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Hilarious, man. That's that's funny, man. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be an interesting conversation, bro. So I, I look forward to it, man. And actually, um, another question I want to ask you, man. One yeah. question I ask every guest that comes onto the show, man. What um what do you want to be your your staple? What do you want to be remembered for when it comes to cryptocurrency and blockchain? What do you want to be your legacy in this space? Hmm. Interesting question. Um <laughs> very good one. I like it. I like it. Uh, I think the the place that I've found first that the the only place that really made sense to me was merging that uh the unconventional warfare background with with crypto because that's those are the nice. only two knowledge bases i really have so yeah um i think what what comes out of that is uh having some influence in the fight against currency dependence, I guess would be the word for it. So, you know, being, being known for, uh, contributing to that fight in some way where, you know, more and more people are no longer, uh, under the domination of value control, how people perceive value. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and maybe that's the best way to worry. Like 
contributing into into the 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 paradigm shift of how value is perceived for people all over the world. Like, I, like that, that. I think I think that's that's the biggest <clears throat> that's the biggest hurdle. I think is changing how people see value and what they actually value, and 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 altering the underlying mechanics of uh, how they you know pull that information in. Yep. I like that answer, bro. Yeah, definitely like that, man. Yes, it's going to be awesome, man. I, I excited. I get excited when I interview individuals like yourself, man, and um, that really want to help, you know, push um, the, the knowledge out to other individuals and really help kind of advance the space as a whole, you know, rather than thinking on a, on a minute level. So, yeah, bro, I, I highly appreciate you, man, coming through and uh, talking, talking with me and uh, sharing everything with the world, man. I think I think that a lot of people are going to have a lot to pull from this, man. Actually, can you let people know where they can go to check out the Declaration of Currency Independence? Yeah, sure. Uh, so currencyindependence.com is the, the website and it's got the uh, all the different translations and the original text on there. And uh, we're also on Twitter and Steemit and Medium put out uh, articles and analysis every once in a while. Um, but uh, you, you just search, search for those because it's a, a garbled name because I couldn't fit all the characters on the names. So. <laughs> but it looks like currency independence when you look like it. It's ha- gotcha. hacker, hacker speak, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, everybody, that's that's where you can go to check it out. Um, again, man, highly appreciate you coming on. Uh, let me go ahead and say now, too, also, I appreciate you. Thank you for serving our country. And, you. uh, man, you're welcome on this show anytime, bro. So we'll definitely have to get you back on in the future. Awesome. I look forward to it. Awesome, fun. bro. All right, Blake, man. Well, you take it easy, man. And, yeah, we'll be having a chat again in the future. Awesome. Look forward uh, to it. All Thank right, you. man. All it's right. Fun. You have a good day. You too, brother. All right. We'd like to thank everyone for your support here at the Bullpen Podcast all season long and look forward to having you at the next episode. We'd also like to give a special thanks to the team behind the scenes that make this show possible. Today's show notes can be found on our website at thebullpenpodcast.io forward slash post show stats. Also, don't forget to like and retweet us at one bullpen podcast. That's the number one bullpen podcast and to watch Lyndon do some exciting and probably some weird things too tune into the snapchat at the crypto bully that's at the crypto bully it's been a pleasure and see you at the next show good night everyone